Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Welcome to Episode 10, Federal Tax Deposit Penalties. This is your source for employer intelligence delivered straight to your brain through audio waves in just seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and as your ally and employer brainiac, I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. Today we'll learn about the four different federal payroll tax penalties that you can incur for noncompliance. We're going to rock this topic today on Small Biz Brainiac. Now, as a small employer, a small business owner, you're constantly having to make decisions about how to spend your money and finance your operations, right? I mean, if you've ever found yourself thinking about not paying your payroll taxes so that you can pay other operating expenses, then you need to slap some sense into yourself and find another way. You're playing with fire. Now, we learned a little bit about penalties in the past two episodes, and now we're going to drill down a little deeper. So Congress established large penalties to deter employers from not paying their taxes. The longer you delay in paying, the more it's going to cost you, obviously. Now the IRS is an efficient bill collector, and they will exact the funds from you. And if you ignore them, they have a fund division that carries guns, and they'll show up unannounced and wreak havoc. The four payroll tax penalties that we're going to talk about are the failure to deposit, failure to pay, failure to file, and the trust fund recovery. And the four things that you have to do to avoid them are make your deposits on time, make the deposits for the full and correct amount, make the deposits in the correct manner, and file your returns on time. Easy enough, right? Well, let's go over these one at a time. First, let's talk about failure to deposit penalty. Now, if you don't make a deposit on time for the full amount or pay it in the right way, then you're subject to this penalty. So let's say you owe $3,000 and you don't pay it on time. The failure to deposit penalty will apply. Let's say you owe $3,000 and you pay $2,000 of it. The failure to deposit penalty applies to the $1,000 that you didn't pay. Or let's say you owe $3,000 and you mail a check to the IRS and they receive it by the due date. Well, you still incur the failure to deposit penalty because you didn't pay it the right way using the FTPS system. Now, you'll remember from episode 9 that you're either a monthly or a semi-weekly depositor. And remember that if your unpaid liability reaches $100,000 or more at any point during the calculation period, then you must pay the tax the next business day. Now, this is known as the next day deposit rule. What I forgot to mention in the last episode is that if you are a monthly depositor and you do reach the $100,000 threshold during the month, then from that moment forward, you're a semi-weekly depositor. This means that on your next payroll, you'll have to make the deposit on either the following Wednesday or Friday depending on the day you paid your employees. Now the penalty rate for this failure to deposit penalty is based on how many days late the payment was made. Now here's the breakdown. If the deposit is one to five days late, the penalty is 2%. 
If it's between 6 and 15 days, it's 5%. And 16 days or more will cost you 10%. Also, if you haven't made the deposit 10 days after being billed by the IRS, then the penalty increases to 15%. And next is the failure to pay penalty. And you might be wondering what the difference is between failure to deposit and failure to pay. I mean, they sound like the same thing, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, by not making the deposit on time or in the full amount, then obviously you you failed to pay, but that isn't what they mean. The failure to pay penalty only applies if you don't make the deposit by the due date of the return. So said another way, if you pay the tax by the due date of the return, then the failure to pay penalty doesn't apply even though you may have incurred the failure to deposit penalty. Next, we have the failure to file penalty. So if you don't file the payroll tax returns, which are Forms 941 or 944 if you're an annual filer, and Form 940, if you don't file those on time and you owe taxes for the reporting period, then you're going to incur the failure to file penalty of 5% of the unpaid tax that was due with the return. Now, this penalty will accrue monthly, but it's capped at 25% of the total tax. And finally, the penalty we've talked so much about during the course of this series is the Trust Fund Recovery Penalty, or the TFRP. Since I told you a lot about that in the last episode, I'm not going to go into detail here. Now, this penalty is the amount of the tax withheld from the employee's wages, which as you know, by now, is comprised of the federal income, Social Security, and Medicare taxes. Or the penalty is the amount of tax that you should have withheld but didn't. Now, these funds belong to your employees, and, you know, it's your responsibility to pay the money to the, to the government. Now, these, are, these funds are held in trust by you, and that's why they're called, that's why this is called the trust fund penalty. Now, the penalty is assessed against responsible persons, meaning you personally, and not just your company. So remember, a responsible person is anyone who's responsible for collecting, accounting for, or paying over the tax, and who acted willfully in not doing so. A responsible person can even be someone who knows that the required actions are not taking place. Now, if these taxes can't be paid immediately, the IRS is going to assess this penalty and start the collection action. And that could include conducting interviews of you and your employees to determine who is a responsible person. And as you can imagine, that would be extremely disruptive to the business. Now, this is straight from the IRS policy manual. I'm going to read it. It says, in general, non-owner employees of the business entity who act solely under the dominion and control of others, and who are not in a position to make independent decisions on behalf of the business entity, will not be asserted the trust fund recovery penalty. Well, there you have it. Let's recap. The penalties are failure to deposit, failure to pay, failure to file, and trust fund recovery. You can avoid them by making the deposits on time, making the deposits for the full and correct amount, making the deposits in the correct manner, and filing your returns on time. The failure to deposit penalty is based on how many days late the payment was made, and it ranges from 2 to 15%. The failure to pay penalty only applies if you don't make the deposit by the due date of the return, and that penalty is one half of 1% of the unpaid tax. 
if you don't file the payroll returns on time and you owe tax, then the failure to file penalty is 5%. And finally, the TFRP imposes personal liability on responsible persons for the trust fund portion of the unpaid tax. Well, that is the end of the six-part series on federal payroll taxes. In the next episode, we'll talk about workers' compensation insurance. Check out the website for show notes, and remember, if you have any questions about an employer-related issue, go to smallbizbrainiac.com to email me, and I will respond to you in 12 hours or less. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.